Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the What I Believe podcast. For this episode, we will be discussing about the topic of abortion and the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court. And although this is a national debate and it has been in the news a lot recently, I just want to make you aware of this topic because this will be something that some of our listeners may find disturbing or are not comfortable with hearing. But I hope you are encouraged by what we have to discuss today, and I hope that you could share this with anyone who needs to hear about it. So listener discretion is advised, but I encourage you to take heart in this episode and to share with anyone who needs to hear it. God bless, guys. All right, new episode, What I Believe podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Today, we are going to be discussing some important conversations, important discussions. If Again, like I always like to say, like if you haven't had your head buried in a rock or whatever, you don't know these, these news, the times that we're living in. But again, if you had your head buried under a rock, you probably haven't heard, or maybe you have, because everyone's making a big stink about it, about the recent overturn of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court. Literally, I think the weekend or, yeah, literally the weekend before they went off to summer break and literally just dropped a bombshell on America and said, yep, we're out here. But what does that mean? What have we been fighting towards? How is that significant in the life of a Christian? And once again, it has re-sparked the conversation about abortion. Should it be legal? Should it be illegal? What is a Christian's viewpoint on it? Should a Christian even support abortion? We'll get into that and a lot more with my guests on today's episode of the What I Believe podcast. All right, so welcome back. And again, on this episode, or actually maybe if you hear this before another episode, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But for this episode, we have a special guest. Most of my guests in this podcast are from my church, Calvary Chapel Golden Springs. But for this conversation, I want to bring one of my longtime friends from high school. Her name is Miss Katie Lovell. Katie, why don't you say hi to everyone listening? Hello. Katie and I went to high school. When when did you graduate? You graduated 2015. 15, yeah. Yeah. And then I graduated 2017. But just in between those years of 2013, 2015, we went to high school together. And with it being such a small school, you think, wow, you're a freshman meeting a junior, then a sophomore or senior. That relationship, that friendship works out. Oh, yeah, it does in regards to this school because that. The school that we went to had about an average class size of about like 100 kids from freshman to senior. I mean, that's ridiculously small. (laughs) I've heard some students and some of my friends say, oh, yeah, I went to a small school of about like a thousand. It's like, try me. But yeah, Katie and I, we went to high school together and we've gone on different paths in regards to life and different career paths and everything, but still keep in contact And especially in regards to what's happening today, a lot of, again, conversations about abortion, Roe versus Wade, um, with that being overturned, has sparked a big national conversation. And we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But Katie, welcome to the show. First thing I'd like to do to get us started off is just telling us a little bit about yourself, how you became a Christian, what you do now, 
what are the creepy stories you have from high school? No, just kidding. But tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, yeah, let's start right there. All right. Um, I'm 25. I am trying to get started in my career in forensics, but currently I work in a daycare and summer camp. So that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, this is literally live from, she's literally recording us live from an RV right now. (laughs) Yes, my my office space. I've been working in the daycare summer camp program for seven years now. So this has been my school part-time job and then full-time during the summer. And I'm just rolling with it till I get started in my career. Um, But as far as being a Christian, I've been a Christian my whole life. Um. I was thankfully born into a family of believers. We became members of the church where I am now. My parents became members when I started preschool there, actually. And I've gone through the confirmation classes there to become a member and all of that. But I would probably say I didn't really take Christianity seriously until basically COVID started, I want to say. I went through a really bad breakup and I had a lot of friends leave me. And I was at probably the lowest point in my entire life. And that was when I finally clicked, like, God's the only person who's going to be there for you, no matter what. You can't rely on other people to make you happy and stuff like that. So that's when I kind of started taking Christianity seriously. Um, I've always prayed and always believed, but that's when I really began to, like, pray for things that I needed help with and things I wanted out of life. Um, And just slowly from there, I've gotten to where I am now. And like mentally, I'm in the best place I've been in a long time, even though my life looks so much different from what it was before COVID started. But so, I mean, as much as I did not like all the COVID stuff happening, I'm grateful for it because it brought me to like where I am in my faith today. I think that's very interesting because COVID definitely made an impact in the world we all went into lockdown and stuff and i think a lot for that time it was really challenging because i just remember that first first time that they told us we're going to lockdown there's like two weeks it's always going to be two weeks no biggie but then two weeks ended up being a year and a half up to two years but i think what's great because you can look at it in the negative sense in that way and there's definitely some challenges that a lot of people have to go through in regards to COVID during that season. But I think it's really great because people like you, you go into the state where it's like, it's like freeing yourself. If you choose those people who chose that route, they use COVID as a reason to just break free of like the, a lot of distractions in the world, get off their phone for some time and to just like really like take some time to bow on your knees, pray for the Lord, get back into his word, get back into knowing about him, what he can offer to your life and everything. It's just ironic that it literally takes the whole entire world to shut down during that time for you to like, just like have that moment of stillness and peace. It's something that we just tend to forget about and that we don't really strive towards in regards to our everyday lives because we all live busy lives. But I think it's also very, very important that we should take the time to read our Bibles, to be in prayer, be in devotion whenever we can. There's always that conversation of like, how many times you spend scrolling on TikTok or Instagram. I'm very, I'm speaking to a very 
young audience of teenagers, young adults, you just have to take that time to self-reflect how much time you spend on those earthly um, distractions. Not saying that they're bad or anything, but I'm saying that if they take too much of your time to where it's just constantly, you spend so much time on your phone and not enough time in your word, who are you setting as your priorities in regards to your faith in your life and everything. But I just find that very interesting that it took a global pandemic such as COVID to, for you at least, to spend that time to get back into your devotional life and to truly understand what it means to be a Christian. And um, tell us, like, what, what, honestly, what did you do to get back into that devotional life? It was constantly in prayer, reading, because some people go about getting back into the word in different ways. For some, it was just like a worship song that spoke to them or something that they read that meant something to them. But just tell us about how it started for you and like how you maintained it and how you, how COVID in the sense transformed you into the new person that you are post or pre COVID. So I would say that I was a Christian in namesake only probably. I mean, I wasn't that bad, but that's kind of how it was. If I look back on it now, like I called myself a Christian. I would go to church every once in a while. We, we've just never been able to go all the time. We are not lucky enough to go to church every Sunday. Um, but just stuff like that. But I never really, aside from religion class in high school, after that, I didn't have religion class anymore. I didn't have chapel every week like we used to in high school. So I think I just kind of slowly faded on my faith without even realizing it because I was like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. Like I'm good. That's all I need. And so after my breakup, which happened literally like a week before the the shutting down of everything, first time with COVID, like, so it was just one thing after another, it was that, then COVID, then a little while after that was friends were kind of dropping me like flies, like they're just like, nope, we're not friends anymore. So for I, I was in the like depression for a while, just just totally didn't know what to do, didn't know what to think, didn't have any idea of anything. And I actually started Googling like how to be okay being single was my thing because I was just so devastated and then I didn't really have any friends anymore. So I'm like, okay, how am I gonna be okay being single? Like, how do you do this? And I found this. I don't know what to call it really. I guess, I guess it's kind of like a class, a course, and it's called love your single life. And it's by this Christian woman. And it's, so it's totally Christian all about that. And it just teaches you how singleness is a gift and how you're not lesser just because you're not in a relationship and all these things that bring faith into being single. And so that's what really like kickstarted me into this. And I was like, okay, I really need to get back into my faith. So there was a lot of like Bible readings that came along with that and journaling. So that's mainly what I did. And then actually God works in mysterious ways. One random day, I, some, some random guy messaged me on Instagram and was like, Hey, you're a Christian. I was just wondering if you would like to join a Bible study that I'm doing. And I was like, Oh, God is answering my prayer that I need friends I said, yes, I would love to. So I've actually joined the Bible study that he introduced me to. And I still do that. And we, I don't meet with him, actually. I still talk to him. We become friends. But um, I'm actually with, like, a group of women. And we have people that are in the Philippines, in India. The teacher for our Bible study is actually in, like, Northern California. So, like, I don't know any of these people in person. It's all over Zoom. And we're all around the world. 
And it's, it's been so awesome to like have more Christian friends and come into my faith with all these other people. When at beginning of COVID, I was like, I have, I got no boyfriend, no friends, no faith. I was just, and now I'm, I'm getting back up there. I, I feel so much closer to God. I have all these new friends, even if I don't get to see them in person. And I know boyfriends still, but now I don't feel like that's such a bad thing. I, I feel confident in being by myself until the right guy comes along. Well, it's, it's the beginning of creation, Adam and Eve. God, Adam did not go out looking for Eve because God brought Eve to Adam. And you can say the same thing with Eve. Eve wouldn't be who she is without Adam because God placed both of them together and that that's a whole uh, another episode in regards to relationship <laughs> singleness and everything like that but just for this conversation that is great very important to remind ourselves that the lord in his good timing will provide the right person the right spouse for you um in due time and that's very important because you a lot of, i feel like a lot of people when they have like an emotional breakup or anything not saying that it was for you like emotional or anything but i'm just saying like a breakup when people have a breakup they tend to go to the world, go mm-hmm. to the world for their answers or anything, get some help with a psychologist or something like that. When all the answers that you can have for your questions is in the Bible, it, and it doesn't cost a single cent to get some counseling from a pastor um, and to read from your Bible. And I also like what you said there to reach out to the people or they can reach out to you in regards to joining a ministry and joining a Bible study. I think that's very, very important. And not just for the person like yourself who needed to be reached out to. What drove the person who took that step to message you? But for us, now that we're Christians and for anyone listening, you'd be surprised how many people want to go to church, want to know about Jesus. But the thing that holds them back is that they they don't have someone to go along that journey with them. But most importantly, they're not being invited to those situations, to those opportunities at church. You'd be surprised how many people miss out on the chance to possibly know the Lord. And if you were to simply invite them to church, invite them to a a Bible study or anything of that matter, they would come. You just never know because it's not up to man. It's not up to our, I could possibly look at a person and think they're so lost from the Lord. They have no shot at becoming a Christian. And you'd be surprised that the Lord actually pulls a miracle and that he's able to transform their lives and that they become Christians. I've always heard this quote that's like very, very interesting. I always love hearing it. It's like you're when you go to heaven, if um, you go to heaven, you're going to be surprised that the people who are in heaven that you did not expect to be there. And you'd be surprised at the people who ended up in hell, who you expected to be in heaven. It's Mm -hmm. such a such an important quote um, that you think that it's like this person is so far off. Nobody's too far off from the Lord. And it just takes that moment of faith in the Lord, not faith in yourself. It's faith in the Lord. It's not the Lord's, it's not your will to force someone to go to church because the Lord does not force us to believe in him. The Lord gives us the freedom of choice to choose to believe in him or we we choose to go down a life of worldly desires that leads to hell and everything. But if you extend your hand that the Lord has provided for you to invite that person to church, you'd be surprised that how much you can transform their lives through the power of God. And I think that's very, very important. Now let's take a, talk a little bit about why you chose forensics 
That's that's very, very interesting. Not a lot of people learn about that stuff and actually want to get a job in it. So what drove you down that road? I I mean, I was I was born that way. Honestly, I don't remember a time where I wasn't interested in forensics. Just the other day, I was going through my closet. I have from the like classic book fair, the little forensic science kits that my mom would get me. Like I was always interested in like solving crime and all of that. I have watched forensic files so many times. I've probably seen every episode. Love shows like that. It's just always been very interesting to me. And I just, I feel really called to kind of solve crimes. And like, even though forensics you're not the detective. You're not going to be the one putting the bad guys in jail, but you are the one that is like using science to figure out what happened and to find out who the bad guy is. So in that sense, you're helping put bad people away. And I, I, it's, it's all God. I, there's no origin to this. I've just always been interested in it. And when people have asked me, I, I just have to say that, yeah, I'm like, I don't remember a time when I wasn't interested in forensics. Would you say forensic files was your favorite TV show growing up, or would SpongeBob take the cake on that one? <laughs> SpongeBob still takes the cake on that, <laughs> but Forensic Files is a very close second. I remember um, you, seeing you dress up as like a crime scene or something uh, mm-hmm. as a costume for Halloween one time. Yep. And I, I thought that was very, very funny and stuff. <laughs> I remember when I first met you, though, I what I think what I was drawing to you is just like the your love for SpongeBob and the energy that you had in regards to SpongeBob. I thought that was very, very funny and very unique that you don't see a lot of students, at least at our high school, who are that enthusiastic and that excited about SpongeBob and stuff. Tell me, um, because you love SpongeBob a lot, and I know that you love a particular Marvel superhero, right? Who just yes. swings from building to building in a red mask. Um, yes. Remind me what this character's name is that you love so dearly. Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man does whatever a spider can. Uh, was he your original boyfriend? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> But not just any Spider-Man, because you have three variations of it, mm-hmm. though. Like, which one is yours? Toby. Toby? You're, so Toby. You're team, team Toby, huh? But I, I will say, I am. I, I can see why the torch was passed to Tom Holland. I can appreciate him, but it's still Toby. Toby is Spider-Man. <laughs> Woo! Wait, so you just completely skip over Andrew Garfield, then? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I actually haven't seen his. I I need to before I cast all judgment upon his movies. But I, I, I didn't even want to see the Tom Holland ones, to be honest. I had to be forced to watch those, and I can appreciate them now. So I, I definitely need to watch Andrew's movies. Yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're interesting. This isn't really a movie review podcast, but regardless, <laughs> I, I want to be very, I want to ask this question though, because there was obviously a, the most recent that came out in theaters. I just want to get your reaction when it came to the revelations of Andrew and Toby, because I mean, I remember sitting in that theater and I was watching it and then it was when Ned opens the portal and then there's oh. uh, Spider-Man in the, in yes. the alleyway. I, I, I was watching it and I was like, because I, I had stayed away. I had heard that they might be in the movie and all that chit chat. And to be honest, I like completely stayed away. Like I didn't even watch like the second trailer. Like after the first trailer of the 
for that Spider-Man movie. I was like, that's enough. Like, I don't want to see anything. No, nothing like not. I just used three no's in a sentence, I think. But anyways, <laughs> uh, when I was watching it and he's running through the portal, he's about to jump out like halfway as he's running down. I'm like, oh, it's, it's Andrew. It's Andrew. It's Andrew. And then he pops out. And I just like I was the first one to scream in my theater. I was like, yes, I'm such a nerd. Call me a nerd. But anyways, I'm, I'm proud of it. Proud of my nerdness. But yes. tell me, what was it like for you when you saw that scene particularly? So seeing Andrew, I have to say my first reaction was disappointment. I was like, I wanted Toby to be the first one to pop out. I, I knew they were going to be in it, not because like I had heard it leaked. I just, I had that feeling. I just, I knew they would do it because if they didn't, I would be so upset. And I, I know everyone would be really upset. So I knew in my heart they're going to be in it. And I was like, Toby's going to be the first one to pop out. It's going to be Toby, Toby, Toby. And then to see Andrew, I was like, Dang it! But I also was <laughs> so excited. Oh, I was screaming too. I was I was excited. And okay, his scene with Ned's grandma and everything. I was like, okay, okay, I'm I'm liking Andrew now. I I can I can love this man a little bit. But man, no, seeing Toby come out. Oh, I was probably screaming the loudest and crying. I was so happy to see him. Well, you could make the argument that the best was safe for last in regards to revealing the characters. <laughs> Ooh. You could, got you, me could there. you could make that argument. I thought it was funny though, being a Christian podcast and everything. I, I just thought it was funny when they were talking and because Toby isn't dressed in his Spider-Man outfit oh, and then they're in the yep. science room and everything and they're getting ready to go to battle. And Andrew tells him, he's like, what are you going to do? You're going to fight in a youth pastor suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that got and then me he's laughing. Like, and he reveals under the youth pastor is the suit. Yes. Yeah, so as as far as we know, Spider-Man became a youth pastor. And mm-hmm. then, but when he's not a youth pastor, he's a, a spy, he's Spider-Man regularly. I Honestly, thought those best jobs. Yeah. I mean, this you're saving souls and you're saving life as well. Yes. Despite the fact that he looks like a 35 year old dude. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's definitely Spider-Man and Tom Holland definitely takes the spider boy aspect yes. of um, the character and stuff. But I that was such a fun movie. I loved it so much. And like when I first saw the um, the cartoon of, have you ever seen the Into the Spider Verse movie? I actually uh, with, haven't seen the whole thing. I need to. That that was such a great movie. I mean, that was like, it it is a really tough battle. I mean, in regards to the nostalgia, like this recent Spider Man is like the top of my Marvel list. But in regards to Spider-Man, it's definitely at the top. But that movie is like a hard second, if not like very close to being number one for me, too. It was just such a fun movie. But ever since I saw, I saw that movie, I had a feeling that it's like, wouldn't it be like I remember watching theater in the theaters thinking like, wouldn't it be awesome if Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were to be in the same movie at once? I mean, if anything, I would pay Disney to just give me a whole Disney Plus show with the three of them. I, I just didn't think we'd get, a, get enough of those guys, but very fun movie and um, a little bit uh, about you and stuff. And I uh, definitely wanted to have that conversation because I've always been wanting to hear your answer because you can't, you can't read emotion too much on a text. But in regards to when I was texting you, I was like, <laughs> what did you think of it? Yeah, I definitely read the emotion on that. But for our listeners, I want to give them a taste of that as well but yeah good 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 movie if you haven't seen it by now sorry spoiler alert yeah. uh, anyways <laughs> anyways but let's get into um something that has 
recently sparked some national conversation and it has affected you personally and your um, family, friends. Reese, not this recent controversy, but past controversy, I can relate to uh, Miss Katie Lovell as well in regards to how it has affected some past friendships. But the most recent controversy is, uh, well, it's not really controversy in our opinion, but for others, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a controversy. But just recently, the the United States Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade. Can I get some claps in the chat? <laughs> but this isn't uh, great news for a lot of women and men and people who are in the middle of that who can't make up their minds. I just, I don't want to say too, too much here, but um, it has definitely, if you've been watching the news, there's definitely been protests in regards to this conversation of abortion, of whether or not it should be legal, illegal, if, and particularly Christians, um, some Christians have a split viewpoint in regards to this decision and the conversation of abortion, which honestly, in my opinion, there shouldn't be a middle decision. There shouldn't be a split decision. It's, well, there is a split. You're either for it or against it. And so we're going to be talking about it because, Katie, I just want to say that you are very pro-life. You're, and you very much make that known on your social media. And you definitely aren't afraid to sh um, share about it, which is great. I think we need a lot more people like you. And there's definitely is. The March for Life Foundation is a very big, very big organization that has a lot of following. But for you particularly, that's why I want to bring you on this podcast. Go ahead and tell us just a little bit as to why you are so outspoken on this conversation that you're not afraid to make your voice heard in regards to being pro-life, especially with friends and family that you may have. I mean, like you said, I, I don't think it should be such a controversy. It shouldn't be such a hard thing to... I don't know, come up with as a Christian, you should be pro-life, honestly, like being a Christian that all life has value. And that includes before you're born, like our favorite verse, Jeremiah 1, 5, before you were born, I knit you together in the womb. God, God had a plan for our lives before we were even conceived, before our, even our own generation was conceived. So I just, I believe as a Christian, we should all hold life at equal value, no matter wanted, unwanted, any of that. Just you're alive, you're valuable. Exactly. And there has been some debate as to when does life begin? And a lot of people have this viewpoint that life begins when a child is breathing and not at the point of conception, not at... 10 weeks, 13 weeks, 15 weeks, nine months. There's just like a very, there's a very large like opinion in regards to what, when life begins. Katie, go ahead and tell us when, what's your answer to this question? Life begins at conception. At conception, the two gametes come together to create the zygote. You are growing. Growing is one of the factors of if you are alive, like you have the own set of DNA. And another argument I know is like, you're not human yet or something like that. Um, two humans come together, it creates a human. That should not even be an argument. You're human. You are your own separate set of DNA. You are growing. You're alive. Right. I mean, we can definitely agree. 
life begins at conception. And in that process, a baby is formed and it is a baby. There's too many people that think and call it a quote unquote clump of cells. Oh, okay. It, It is a baby at the moment of conception. And let's, I don't understand what the big argument is that it's not, it's considered a clump of cells. When you, when you form a baby over time, it grows. It doesn't like right when you um, conceive a baby, it doesn't pop out like 10 seconds later. (laughs) It takes nine months to develop and it goes through various stages and it's through, through God's creation of human life, the baby is formed throughout that time. And it wouldn't live if it wasn't in the womb. And throughout the time it grows, it becomes a fully formed human being. From the moment it was first conceived to the moment it becomes born, it is a human being. And that is a conversation that honestly should be like when it comes to having these conversations with people, that's just something that a lot of people cannot like, we can't agree on that. And I think that is like one of the biggest issues when it comes to the abortion debate, because not everyone agrees that life begins at conception. And so they have like these various arguments that's like, okay, if it doesn't begin at conception, it begins at like 10 weeks or whatever. When is like a, a safe, cause this is, this is where like a lot of people think like, okay, I'm not all against abortion. Like I'm in the middle and stuff. So it's like, if we can't agree on like life begins at conception, when does life begin at 10 weeks? Okay. Between week one to week 10, it's safe to have an abortion. But after week 10, like that's when we cut it off. Like, that's like the debate that a lot of people in the middle, I like to call them squishy conservatives, but they can't find um, an agreement or they can't really stay on one side, they stay in the middle, then it ends really badly for them because if you can't figure out to go on one side of the train track or the other side of the train track and you stand in the middle, what hits you? You know, the mm-hmm. train and then boom, you're done. But so let's just, we agree on that. And that's definitely important that we agree that life begins at conception as what a Christian should view it as because God created the gift of child of giving birth to children. And we all know where that begins and how it develops over time. When it comes to this issue of abortion, it is really tough to have these conversations because I mean, I'm not a woman, but you are, but you haven't had, you haven't been pregnant or anything like that. But what are some of the big, arguments that you hear in regards to a woman's right to choose to abort their baby because that is known as pro-choice. What is like your viewpoint, some of the arguments you've seen that you just don't agree with and recently that have, have come up? The first thing that I do not agree with is no uterus, no opinion, that only women should have an opinion on this. And that's totally false because it's a human rights issue. It isn't a woman's issue like they try to make it. Everyone should have an opinion on this. And especially since it takes a mother and a father to create a child. And I guess it could be different if it was only, you only needed a woman to become pregnant. Then you could say, oh, it's a women's rights issue or something like that. But it takes a man and a woman to create a baby. So therefore, a man and a woman should have an opinion on this. That is a very important conversation because <laughs> I think it's funny that like a lot of people have, they think that they know what conservatives want, but in all reality, they don't. And that when this whole debate of Roe versus Wade started coming out, 
uh, a lot of people on the other side were saying that it's like, okay, well, if, if we're going to do this, then why don't we make sure that the men who get these women pregnant, they should have responsibility and, and like raise the child and they should su- financially support the child. Oh well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Hey, like we agree where have on you been here. this whole time. Like we've been saying this. I mean, when it comes to a woman getting an abortion, I think the one of the biggest questions that I have, like you said, is where is the man in this decision? Where is the man in this process? And uh, yes, there are situations where women get pregnant and the men leave, but how much the men are casting judgment upon themselves by the Lord. The men, men should be responsible and they should be with their wife for when they conceive a child. And they, I, I shame on those people, honestly, shame on those men who leave a situation like that and leave it up to the woman. And the women are sometimes are confused on this issue and they're scared. And again, shame on the men who just leave them in that situation. God has called men to be strong foundations to support a family. And when they abandon a family, they abandon their wife. They're breaking the law of the Lord. They're breaking the commandment. You know, when a husband marries his wife, it takes a vow before the Lord. He breaks that commandment as committing adultery, divorce. And that's, a, again, another conversation of itself. But I just think that a big conversation that needs to be happen, that needs to happen is that uh, men do have an opinion. When in fact, men should be in this situation as well with the women. Because it takes two to make a baby and two mm-hmm. of them should be together when it comes to raising a child. Um, and let's just get into the conversation of how a Christian views abortion in their church. Okay, let's get into that conversation. It's an important one. Let's just say that someone in your church had an abortion before they became a Christian. Do you accept them in your church? Answer yes. that for me, Katie. Yes. I agree with you too, because what does the Bible say in regards to sin? Katie, you sin. I mm-hmm. sin. You're mm-hmm. listening right now. You sin. Every single day we sin. It's every day. There's not a single day that it doesn't happen. Now, I'm not saying that sin is equivalent. Well, sin is equivalent to murder and all these other things. Sin is equal. But I'm not saying that you commit murder every day or anything like that. But (laughs) in regards to sin, we were born into a sinful nature. A lot of us come from horrible backgrounds before we were Christians. And in regards to getting an abortion before becoming a Christian, that should not bar someone from entering church. I think that when you hear the word of the Lord, too much is given, much is required. You have been given that information. And you now know that committing abortion is a sin before the Lord. And I think that's very important because now that you've given that word, now not to do it again. But I'm not saying that people who have this viewpoint or have gotten an abortion should be barred from church. I do not believe in that because the Lord calls us to love one another as he loved us. That is very hard to do. And let's just be honest here. It is hard to do it sometimes. Because you see when this decision was made to overturn Roe versus Wade, a lot of people voiced their opinion in the streets. And 
I watch these videos and if you have social media and you see some of these videos, it is very frustrating to look at due to the amount of sin and the amount of evil that some people display when it comes to quote unquote protesting. You know, and you see some of these pro-life protesters, they celebrate and they're ex- excited, but you just look at the evil in eye, the evil in these people's eyes mm-hmm. when it comes to them debating or talking about their opinion and stuff. And you, you really get a, it's kind of ironic that they call themselves pro-choice, but what they're honestly not pro-choice. Because anyone who says pro-life or has the opposite viewpoint of that of them, they literally want to hurt and all that stuff. And I, it's ironic because like, if you're if you're in favor of pro-choice, then you believe that people have the right to not get it. But people, when people say that they are completely on that side, you just dis- disavow them and just want to get rid of them and stuff like that. It's kind of ironic, um, but. The Bible does command us to love one another as Christ loved us. In those situations, it's very important that we show the love of Christ to these people. Because again, as I said in the earlier part of this podcast, nobody's ever too far gone from the Lord. Nobody is, unless they commit the sin of um, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But I don't think anyone's ever really done that unless you're like truly, truly, truly evil. But in regards to these people... They're never too far gone from knowing the Lord. You, they have an equal opportunity to learn more about Christ. And it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that, they, that the Holy Spirit convicts their hearts and tells them what's right and what's wrong. But all these people who are protesting, it's, it's hard to look at these videos and have that feeling of like, I got to love them as Christ loved me. It's hard to see that and do that in real life. But I think it's very, very important that we do so. There's times when there's time for debate. I don't doubt that. But it is very important in those situations that we maintain the love of the Lord and that we pray for these people. I think prayer is a very, very important conversation, very important weapon that we tend to forget about. But you don't think that prayer went into the decision of overturning Roe versus Wade, thousands of millions of people who've prayed in regards to this topic for so many years. You know, Roe versus Wade has been in the, has been in what was, it was been, it's passed for over 50 years mm-hmm. and 50 years. You just look at how many people are, how many babies are aborted a day. And times that by 365, times that by 50. I'm a math major, but that's just way too much. There's just so, so many babies who lose their lives due to this decision um, back in 1973, I believe, so back way back in the 70s. But through the power of prayer, through the power of trusting the Lord, this decision was overturned. And I, it's a very important conversation because it comes into light again the topic of abortion is very very important because we want to protect life you know that's going to be the title of this episode protecting life such an important thing katie why don't you tell us um some of the things you've seen in regards to um people who have other opinions and 
as you and weren't afraid to um, have those debates with you and how you show the love of the Lord in those situations? So it's definitely been, it's almost eye-opening, you want to say, to see the reactions from the other side when they don't get their way. For for so long, Roe v. Wade was, it, it, it was part of, not, you know, it wasn't law, but it, it was out there. It protected the supposed right to abortion. And so all these people that were supporters of abortion, you would hear it every once in a while. It would be talked about. People would say abortion is good. It's necessary. All of that. But having Roe v. Wade overturned it, the you you want to say the demons came out like i i have seen such horrible things people posting i've seen no less than three actively pregnant women like not even just moms like people that are fully pregnant right now posting about how abortion is such a good thing and it's necessary for women and all of that and i i just i can't believe that somebody who is pregnant could be saying that it's good to kill the child that they are carrying and they love to say they're pro-life for themselves, but they're pro-choice for everyone else. Everyone should get the right to choose. But I don't think there should be a right to kill anyone, re- regardless of if it's an unborn baby or a full-grown human. Like, I don't know how you could support that at all, especially as a pregnant woman. Like, again, I've, I've never been pregnant. I can't relate to that, but I feel like that should change you in a way that you would find life to be more sacred rather than less. So just seeing seeing their reactions has been very crazy. A, a family member of mine is actually a social worker. And I think I already told you about some of the things she posted. She posted about how she loves kids so much, but she knows that abortion is the right way to go. And I'm like, okay, that's not true, but okay, whatever. She then went on to say that the overturning of Roe v. Wade was going to give her job security because there would be just an epidemic of dumpster babies, as she said, basically people just throwing out their babies. And I mean, not only is that a horrible thing to say, but to relate that to her job and say that that was supporting her job, like I I just, I can't imagine ever saying that. And this is someone that's a family member, somebody I look up to, someone I love. and. It is hard to remember that we're supposed to love them. And I just always think of how people like to say, like, kindness is weakness. And it it truly is not. It is so hard to be kind to people that can say things like that, not only online, but like to your face. People can say things like that, how they, they want you to get sexually assaulted and see how you would like it to be forced to give birth and all that. And they, they will say these things to you. And you have to remind yourself that you're supposed to love them as God loves all of us. So I just, that's something I try to remember is it's not weak to be kind because it takes a lot to be kind in this world nowadays. Definitely for sure. One verse that reminds me of this a lot is John 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You would have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's something that um, I want to encourage you for those listening that is some, a verse that I've been holding dear to my heart when it comes to having these conversations and in regards to um, Katie, in regards to her cousin and other friends that she shared with me that have definitely wanted to debate her on this topic and stuff. And uh, like she said, it's very eye-opening. 
but you know going up against the world as a christian is not the easiest thing in the world and especially when it comes to abortion there's definitely a lot of people who would want to fight back in regards to their opinion and stuff but like this verse says the lord has overcome the world you know we should be encouraged when the world scoffs at us makes fun of us and tells us that we're on the wrong side because we know that we are fighting for the lord ultimately and we are defending the lord in these conversations and the lord is pleased in re- in regards to that because what does the lord tells us tells us the world hated me and the world's going to hate you it's very very applicable to today because you definitely christian viewpoints are not the most popular opinion in the world as they used to be back in the beginning of this country and in this secular world that we live in that viewpoint is not promoted as much as it should be i mean even the local stations as um every once in a while if i just tune in just to see mostly just see what the weather is for the next day but (laughs) sometimes when i just watch it i just see like some of the top stories and one of the top stories recently was just like this pro-abortion rally in downtown la that the news was promoting saying like, if you want to come down, it's going to be from this time and all this stuff. And it's like, you wouldn't, the news wouldn't be promoting a March for life rally at all. And obviously I think if you listen to this podcast for the most part, I believe who the number one conservatives voice is in regards to national news. And that would probably be the only place that you would even find a conversation or a promotion of Christian worldviews. But it's very sad that it's become that way. But like I said, I encourage you, take heart. When it comes to those conversations, no matter how difficult that they may be or what you may have to sadly sacrifice, all that we can do is pray for these people who are against the Lord, honestly. Because what we should be doing is we are living lives that represent the Lord as best as we can. And again, it's not up to us to change the minds or salvations of anyone. It's up to the Lord, but it's very important that we be equal. And um, what was the word I want to say? It's we want to be representatives. That's what I'm looking for. We want to be representatives of Christ in that manner. And maybe it's through our lives that people see what we, what the Lord has to offer and the peace that we have in our lives. That's something that people want to cling to because in this chaotic world of just like a lot of earthly treasures of pornography, drugs, alcohol, everything that people look to, to find an escape from their troubles and stuff, they can see that we live a life of pure holiness, peacefulness, and gladness that they may be attracted towards. And that is something that, again, is done through the works of the Holy Spirit, not through us. But when we are representatives of Christ and the world looks at us and despises us. That's when we should take heart in that way. That's what we should be grateful for, that we are given those opportunities to stand out amongst this crowd of people who say so, say different things or say um, have a viewpoint that is pure evil, really. It, it is very much an evil viewpoint and stuff. And for those, of, if anyone's listening who has had an abortion, I just want to encourage you that the Lord has forgiven you for that act. It is, it, it is unfortunate that 
a decision like that is being made by so many women who I think a lot of the time they're, they're very scared. They're very confused. They don't have enough information in regards to this whole decision other than the fact that it's just a very popular opinion. And a lot of people just tell them, yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. Why well, I, I want to turn this over to you, Katie. What would you say to the young girl or to any female who is pregnant or is thinking about abortion, who is probably confused on this topic? Like, what would you say to them in regards to um, what they're dealing with right now? I would say that I could try my best to understand, but I never will. But I think the best thing to do is honestly just do research on the growth of your baby. If you're unsure of how to go from there, download the little pregnancy apps they have. Just go on Google. A friend of mine is actually, I believe she's seven months pregnant right now. And she has the app that like gives you daily updates. Oh, today baby's the size of a, a peach. Oh, today baby's the size of a cantaloupe. Things like that. And just seeing things like that, you can see how it's not just a clump of cells. Our favorite thing that people love to say about babies in the womb. It, it is your child, you know? And forensically speaking, actually, one of the things I've learned. So in forensics, fingerprints is a huge thing, right? You want to look for fingerprints at the scene. Fingerprints are all unique. Fun fact, amongst identical twins, they will have the same DNA because they were one zygote that split but they will have different fingerprints because fingerprints are formed from how you are moving within the womb and how your skin is being formed on the pads of your fingers. Babies have the fingerprints they will have for their entire life at 16 weeks. At 16 weeks, you have the fingerprints that you will carry with you for the rest of your life, unless you have some terrible accident with major, major scar formation, you will have those fingerprints forever. So just think about that. And way before that is when baby has a heartbeat, baby starts to have sleep and awake cycles, things like that. So just learning more about your child will kind of help you to see that it's, it's not a clump of cells. It's not a part of your body. It's someone else's body. It's this living thing that you are creating. We as women have this special gift. We're the only ones that are able to bring life into this world. I heard, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was some religious person said this, that women are the closest to God because God created all life and we bring new life into this world through pregnancy. What would you say to someone who was thinking about getting an abortion? I, I've seen this um, in, in some conversations in Twitter as well, which is, I, it's, it's sad. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. It's very, very sad when I see these things because um, there's there's a picture of a couple who was at one of these um, protests and they just held a sign that said, we will adopt your baby. And But people just use the opportunity and think that these people are freaks. And I love Star Wars a lot. But Mark Hamill is a very outspoken um, liberal, and he posted a picture of a because he, if you don't know, he voices the Joker on one of the Batman animated series, and so he posted a picture of the Joker and Harley Quinn 
if you don't know anything comic wise, the Joker and Harley Quinn are these uh, evil um, bad guys uh, for for Batman, and they're clowns. The Joker, Harley Quinn, they're clowns, and they look scary and everything. And so he posted a picture of the Joker and Harley Quinn with a sign that says, "We will adopt your baby." And that's I. Why does it, people think that like people who families who couples who can't have a baby why is why are they seem to be the villains in this situation riddle this for me quote unquote no pun to batman there riddle me that but why what do you think of that katie in regards to couples who want to adopt but are seen in this viewpoint that's like they are crazy for doing so and especially in regards to the woman who wants to get an abortion society tells her to do it but then when a couple says they want to adopt, then they're seen as like crazy. Like, what's your take on that? I, I mean, it's it's hard to get into the minds of some of these people. And I've, I've seen the posts of what you're saying and Mark Hamill's response. And it just seems very wild to me that somebody who is trying to do something so selfless as to take care of someone else's kid somebody that wants a child so much that they will raise someone else's child to make fun of them. It's, it's hard to comprehend how you could think that person is crazy. And I know there's lots of stories of, oh, well, it would be better if the baby were to never be born because this world is so terrible. Or what if the baby's going to go into foster care and have a terrible life? But the big word there is if, and we don't know. The only person who knows how everything is going to go is God. And God doesn't tell us his plans. So it may look like, oh, this baby's going to be brought up into a terrible situation, but God can change anything around. So to say that more than God, like, oh, no, I know this baby's not going to have a great life. You you can't say that. that. So these people, they're like, oh, well, how do we know they're good for them? What do they want with the kid? We, we don't know what they want. God knows. And we trust in his plan. And even not as a Christian, how can you think of that couple as being crazy when all they're saying is, we'll help you. You don't have to keep your child. We'll raise your child. Like, it, it's, it's very hard to comprehend how that could ever be a bad thing. Exactly. And I couldn't agree with you more in regards to the fact that we do not know. We like to think that we know, but we don't know what the plans of the Lord are. And famous verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you hope in a future. That verse reminds us that the Lord has set a path for us from the time we were born. Going back to Jeremiah 1, verse 5, I knew you in the womb. I knew of you. He, the Lord already has a plan for our lives and women who take their, take that opportunity away from their child. I just think that's wrong. A a baby should have an opportunity to live. And like we said earlier, there's plenty of people who are willing to adopt is who don't have kids who can't have kids or do have kids and want to bring an opportunity. They want to bring life. They want to bring joy. They want to bring happiness to a child. 
I just don't understand why people are against that or they think that it, that they're crazy. Again, we can't. Who are we to judge about a child's life? Who are we to make that decision when we commit sin every single day and that we are deserve we deserve eternal eternity in hell? Who overcomes the issues of the world? Who overcomes our sins? The Lord Jesus Christ, who provided the gift of couples to have children or to adopt children. It's an opportunity for an op- for a child to live a life and to experience things that the Lord has to offer. Um, this, this conversation is really big. It is a big conversation. And I just think that a lot of Christians are too afraid to stand up for it. Uh, what for you, Katie, being very um, outspoken in regards to this um, topic, what would you could you would you want to give an encouragement for someone who's like on the fence of it, who's like wants to say something but is afraid to? What would you say to them? I would say you got to start small. If you're wary of posting something, maybe don't post something. Just if you're somewhere, you're having a conversation with a friend and they're bringing up abortion or something like that. And they say, wouldn't it just be better if a baby was never born? You could say, well, how, how would we know that would be better? Maybe this baby's gonna have a great life. Just kind of start the conversations that way. And you will get some pushback, but you don't even have to say you're pro-life, things like that. Just kind of start off small, just start talking about it. Asking people from the other side questions. That's, that's a very big thing because The way to help your side is to be open to questions. And you'll find that a lot of people on the pro-choice side will act like they're open to questions, but they just love to, um, I don't even know what the word would be for it. They just love to kind of antagonize when you ask them questions. They're just like, no, no, it's this, it's this, no, because of this, because of this. They don't love to like open-ended have a conversation with you. where I think that pro-life people tend to be better at that. I mean, there's goods and bads. Um, I mean, I I know what side we believe is the good side, but there are pros and cons to both sides on how things are handled. But that's definitely a place to start. Ask the other side questions, even if it's just in person. Then maybe post, if you feel comfortable, start posting things. And you, you will have pushback from people. That's, I don't want to lie and say, oh, it's super easy to post all these things. But I think it's necessary because there's going to be a lot of people, like you said, the people we're talking to, the people that are on the fence. When one person speaks up, it's giving courage to these other people that would like to speak up, but are afraid to or don't know how to. It's all about planting the seed, as we like to say in Christianity. It might not be anything we do, but just because we posted something, someone else will be like, what? Maybe, maybe that is the right way to go. Maybe abortion is bad, stuff like that. You, you want to be planting the seed, not necessarily arguing, going to war over these things, but just getting the word out there so people know that there's, there's a different side. Not everybody is pro-choice. There are pro-life people, and we're trying to talk about this, and we're not trying to put everybody down, but we're trying to see, or help people to see, I should say, that abortion isn't the way to go. It's, it shouldn't be a choice that anybody has. Exactly. And one thing I would say too, in regards to 
someone who may be on the fence, ultimately, you definitely want to pray about it because through prayer, you get your insight, you get and you read your Bible, you get your encouragement from the Lord that is what energizes you and is what gets you going and it's what helps you in regards to those conversations because there's no weapon sharper than the than the Bible. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It appears through the heart. That is like the best weapon that we could use in regards to these conversations. And that is using the word of the Lord to help in regards to these debates and stuff. So I would say as on top of what Katie has to say as well, always be in prayer and be diving into your Bible because the, the Lord gives us our insight and our information that we need in, in the word. So I very much encourage you to always stay true to your word and stuff. Why do I, why am I having this conversation? It's very important to have these conversations because it's been a debate for 50 years. Honestly, if the, the world keeps going as the way it is today, it's only going to get worse and these conversations will still happen in the future. So it's not something that's going away because um, Roe versus Wade was overturned. And even then, that doesn't mean abortion is completely banned because all what Roe versus Wade did with it being overturned is that now states have the decision to make on their own. And I mean, I live in California. Katie and I, we live in California. And that's this state is not going to ban abortion anytime soon. Probably never because it's going to be blue until the end, really. So, and then there are New York and Vermont, I think Delaware, like there's Oregon, Washington. There's a handful of states who will stay pro abortion, then they'll um, keep allowing it in their states, but other states are going to ban it completely, which I'm very grateful to see because how many lives, literally when Roe versus Wade was overturned, I don't remember what states there were. I think there were probably like five states that completely banned it the second that it got overturned. And so many lives in those Planned Parenthood waiting rooms, in those operation rooms, those babies, those lives were saved. And it's just so amazing to see that these babies will have an opportunity to live a life God has set for them. But going back to what I said earlier, why are we having these conversations? I think it's important to have these conversations because of how of this recent controversy and stuff. But I think it's very important because, again, my podcast is aimed for young adults and Katie, you you work it with young, young students. Yes, young, young students. But you can say that in regards to the high school, maybe middle school, not, I don't want to say too much, but maybe, but definitely like in the high school to college level, students are being influenced to being pro-choice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just really stopped saying, I mean, I wrote, I said this whole podcast saying pro-choice but honestly that side is just pro-abortion stuff but yeah the reason why i have this conversation is because it is affecting the minds of our students and our kids mm-hmm. and it's something that's going to continue because you open the door for other things which i won't get into but 
you open the door for certain things and you give these people an inch, they'll take a whole mile. Uh-huh. And when it comes to abortion, it's definitely a conversation that I'm pretty sure happens in those classrooms that teachers are not ashamed to help these children get those abortions or to have those conversations that influence them to be pro-abortion. What would you say in regards to that aspect of the school system um, slowly but surely having these conversations in the classroom? What would you say to that? I mean, it's it's already happening. And like, like you said, I, I have kids anywhere from like kindergarten to eighth grade is who I have at my work. And I can tell you for sure that middle schoolers have been talking about this. And a lot of them, This I work at a Christian school, so it's mostly Christian kids at my summer camp, at my daycare. And they are supporting abortion. Like middle schoolers, sixth graders I have who shouldn't even really fully understand this. I mean, I'm, I'm glad our sex education is, is good at our school, but to think that they have the knowledge to support abortion. That's, that's crazy to me. I'm like, you're, you're in sixth grade. Like how much can you to like have an opinion on this, but they do because they're all on social media. So even if they're not necessarily learning things in the classroom, they're, they're going to hear about this. It's, it's very important to, not that there's going to be any parents listening, but maybe you're a sibling have, make sure your parents are talking to your younger siblings, or if you're the older sibling, talk to your younger siblings about this. Just ask them questions about this because I can guarantee you they, they have heard about it from their friends, from their teachers, from just social media in general. It's, it's a scary world nowadays. And it's something we need to talk about because it is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I encourage parents to listen to the podcast as well. Cause again, like I, I write, I have this podcast for young adults, but I also have it for parents too, because some young adults are parents, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I, I, I also think too, that it's like parents should be involved in these conversations. And um, I try my best to expose this information to um, that could happen in a child's life in the school process and everything like that. But um, it's definitely like, if you're listening to this and you think a parent who has young children should listen, please do share it. Um, I, that's honestly what this podcast is really meant for. It's to encourage young adults, students, and their parents as well. But in regards to what you were saying, conversations like that, like you said, are happening in the classroom. And again, I find it amazing that how much evil is considered good or good is considered evil in regards to the pop culture icons who are definitely pro-choice, pro-abortion, and they make that known. Uh, I've had an episode where I talked about music, about that being a big influence. And Olivia Rodrigo is very famous, has a very big following of lots of young adults, teenagers, even middle schoolers and below. She has a very big following. And then when she comes out the weekend after the Supreme Court decision and literally sticks the one way to heaven sign, what I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. on she sticks that finger up with her fellow singer up on that stage and tells young girls and young men and they curse out the Supreme court and they, she calls these Supreme court justices by name and stuff. But does she have a right to say that? I'm, I'm not denying her right. She definitely has a right to say it, but does she have a moral right to say that? What is, what is that doing in the mind of a young girl or a young man who sees that and they look up to this person but not to the Lord that has a big influence. 
And I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you whether or not to listen to her music or not, but I'm just making this known and aware because they're, like I said, I love Star Wars and I love Luke Skywalker. I love all these people. Mark Hamill was such a great person to play the role, but it, it, it does leave, I, I, it, it doesn't make me happy when I see these things because I just see that people like him, people like Olivia Rodrigo, many others, they have a humongous following and they are leading them down a wrong path. And there are so many people who are going to go down that wrong path because they see it. And it's viewed as something acceptable. You know, so I definitely see that happening outside the classroom. I can't imagine what's happening inside the classroom and what those conversations are like. But one last bit of encouragement before we wrap up this episode, one last bit of encouragement, I will leave you for those of you listening. Again, always stay strong in the Lord, stay encouraged in your word and reading, praying for these people. You can pray for those who are against you, those who are against the Lord. Those who are against the ideas of truth, faith, it's very important that we get down on our knees and pray for the salvation of these people every every single day because there are, again, too many people that influence them and influence the world that this sort of evil is considered good. And for those who, again, have had an abortion, the Lord has forgiven you of your sins. The Lord has completely wiped that sin away from your life. You can start a whole new life in, in the Lord and that you can have a brand new start. And the Lord will forget that sin and cast it as far as the east is to the west and he buries in the deepest part of the ocean and he never ever remembers that sin anymore. You are free from that sin. And that if you had an abortion before, the Lord again, the Lord has forgiven you for that sin. That is why he sent his son Jesus to die upon that cross for our sins. For that very reason. So I just want to encourage you um, in that in that message of hope that the Lord has forgiven you. You can have a brand new life in the Lord Jesus Christ if you put your faith and trust into him. And that he could be with you, he could help you, he can guide you throughout your process in life. But it's just something I want to encourage you. Katie, is there anything that you would like to say? One last bit of uh, anything that comes to mind. In regards to this conversation, pretty big conversation. Hmm. Well, there is one or a couple verses I should say I did want to mention. So in the midst of talking about all this, I have run into some Christians that say that abortion is okay because they believe that life doesn't start until first breath. And they reference several verses in the Bible one such as Genesis 2, verse 7, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So they use this as, oh, see, he wasn't alive until he breathed. And if we actually turn to Job 27, verse 3, it says, as long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils so this is Job, he's talking about his different trend or not transgressions, his troubles that he's has. He has a terrible, terrible time in life for a while until God blesses him again. But anyways, as that verse shows, it's not breath, like physical breath we're talking about when God uses that. It is talking about life. When God breathed life into Adam, he gave Adam a spirit, a soul. 
And that is when Adam became alive, not because he took his first breath as inhaling and exhaling, but because he had a soul, a spirit within him, the spirit of God in him. So I just want to use that as my kind of end point is that if you're a Christian and you're struggling with if abortion is right or not, just looking at that, that doesn't support abortion. It's, it's not that life begins at first breath. It is life begins when God gives us our spirit. And as we know in our Jeremiah verse one, verse five, um, God knew us in the womb. So you can't say that we didn't have the breath of life within us because we did. God says it right there. He knew us before we were born. He formed us in the womb. We already have that breath of life, that spirit in us. So we are, we are alive from within the womb, from conception. So as a Christian, it's, it's important to recognize that life begins a conception. Abortion is, it's just wrong as a Christian. It's, it's wrong. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. And that as a Christian, we should always be reminded to love one another as Christ loved us. That all sin is forgivable, except for one sin in particular. But in regards to this topic of abortion, that, that sin is forgiven by the Lord. But to remind people that as much is given, much is required. For those of you who may listen to this podcast or may hear about the truths of abortion from your fellow pastor or from a message or something, and you choose afterwards to get an abortion afterwards, that is something that the Lord is giving you the free will to do. But Again, much more is given, much more is required. You've been given this message of what it means, and now it is up to you if you choose whether or not to get an abortion or not. But I just think it's very important that we have these conversations. We um, speak to each other in regards to this topic. Love one another as Christ loved us, even though that's a lot harder than we may seem. You don't think it was hard when Jesus was being nailed on that cross, when he was suffering in that moment and he forgave those people that's the greatest example of love for one another is found on that cross 2000 years ago so definitely if you have any questions i'm going to be providing a phone number at the very end of this podcast and i encourage you to call this number in case you have any questions have these conversations, speak with, if you're listening to this and you have more questions, speak with your parents who can give you more insight, definitely for sure. But again, also to read your Bible, definitely read through your Bible and see what the Lord ha- can reveal to you about this topic, about the concept, about the concept of life, where it begins, what the Lord has in store for you in your future and for futures in this generation, this next generation, and the next very encouraged you to hear about this overturning of Roe versus Wade, this is a great start, but it doesn't mean that the fight is over in regards to the fight to protect life. Because as we said, there's going to, now it's up to the States and now there's plenty of people who are um, still pro-choice, still pro-abortion in some States. And this debate of abortion will continue on for a long time, especially when you get into college. For those young listeners who are listening, when you get into college, it's also going to be a big debate as well amongst your professors and stuff but uh definitely be prepared stay um informed in your word be do the research and online and hear from your pastor or anyone else who can have these conversations with you and just stay informed in these end days that we're living in and these trial trial times these days that we live in it's very very important to stay educated in that 
Thank you, Katie, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for, again, being such a great light on a hill for so many young men and women to see and admire. And we're taking the right steps towards faith and we're taking the right actions to protect life. And I want to thank you for that. And once again, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I, I'm so honored to be here. And it's, it's great to talk about these things because, yeah, like you said, it's something we need to talk about. For sure. For sure. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Be sure to be on the lookout for new episodes. And uh, yeah, God bless. See you later, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the What I Believe podcast. If you believe that this episode can help someone in need, please share it. And if you yourself have any questions about Jesus Christ, we invite you to call the following number, 909-396-1884, to speak with a pastor who can answer any of your questions. Thanks for listening and may God continue to bless you.